Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so excited that you're here with us today. Every single week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Before we get to our guests, I want to tell you about a book. It's called Out of the Spin Cycle. It's Devotions to Lighten Your Mother Load by Jen Hatmaker. Following Jesus shouldn't be just one more thing on a to-do list. Jen helps us understand through 40 devotions that creating space and time for focusing on our relationship with God is as important as making sure our kids eat breakfast or we get them to school on time, which sometimes both of those things are really hard. I actually read this book when it first came out several years ago, and I loved it. I always told Janet it was my favorite book she's written. Well, Ravel has reissued this book this fall with a brand new cover. It's a perfect gift to give to another mom friend to encourage them, a teacher. It's a great stocking stuffer for your sister who has a lot of kids um, or your best friend. And also, ladies, it's a great gift for you. Just buy one for yourself. Put it on your nightstand and take a few minutes every day to read it before you go to bed. The chapters are short, but they're full of Jen's humor that we all love, as well as great encouragement and challenges for mom that's based on scripture. You can find these books online at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Guys, you're listening to episode number 119, and my guest is Ginger Ravella. Ginger, with her husband and her family, live in San Antonio, just down the road from me, where they both serve with a nonprofit that helps families of fallen or wounded soldiers get an education. Ginger's world was entirely flipped upside down 10 years ago when her husband's plane crashed in Iraq. Her story of God's faithfulness, his kindness, and his provision on her life and her kids' lives over the past 10 years is so moving and encouraging. Just to warn you, you're going to need some tissues. Her and I were both crying about 10 minutes into the show. So if you're on a walk or on the treadmill, uh, get some tissues with you. Guys, I always love to hear from you as you're listening or after you finish the show. If you want to send either Ginger or I a message on Twitter, you can do that. I'm on Twitter at, at Jamie underscore Ivy and Ginger is at Pilot's Wife F-O-H. I do love hearing from you. Like, for example, Jada put on Twitter last week. She said, catching up on Jamie Ivy podcast. Love them. Why? Unlike many others, they don't sound like a dull recorded phone call. So engaging. Jada, that is so nice. I read that and I thought, how kind of you to say such nice things about my show. So thank you so much. I love that. Guys, I also love seeing over the week over on Instagram how you guys are continuing to share the happy hour with friends. It is so much fun to see how you're doing, the fun stuff you're doing. Continue to do that. It's super easy. Tell a friend about the show, which I know that you guys do that all the time document that via Instagram however you want the crazier the better tag me in the photo and use the hashtag sharing the happy hour and I'll choose a winner to send some goodies to I'm going to throw in some other stuff that I've gotten that I want you to have I'll just send you a good little goodie bag it'll be fun to get a gift in Christmas okay guys thank you so much for listening to the show every week here is my conversation with Ginger
Hey, Ginger, welcome to the happy hour. Thanks, Jamie. Happy to be here. I am so happy to have you. And I want to tell everyone how I found you because we've never met, um, which isn't odd for my guests. There's a lot of guests I've never met until we actually get on the phone together. Um, But one of your girlfriends sent in your story to us and we get a lot of stories, which I love. And I get to see almost all of them come in. Um, And I could not stop. I saved the email. Uh, my assistant Amanda sent it to me and I saved it and then a week later I looked at it again and then I looked at it again and I was like I can't stop thinking about this woman and her story and so your friends Mm -hmm. like pitched you to the happy hour and here you are (laughs) hey what are friends for right you know have our backs that's exactly right a lot of friends are like that you know what it's funny because a lot of the people that send in stuff they're sweet friends like pitching their friend's story which is just I love girlfriends that want to stick up for their girlfriends. Me too. It's Me too. What a it's gift. A, it's a gift. So you and I are neighbors almost. You're in San Antonio. I'm in Austin, which is kind of neighbory. You know, it I'm is. actually closer it, te- to you. Standards, yeah, because sure. I'm on the south side of Austin. <laughs> so I'm closer to you. Um, but how long have you lived in Texas? i uh, lived in Texas off and on since I was in college. I went to Texas Tech and um, then married a, my college sweetheart, and he was joined the Air Force. And so we traveled all over the world. And um, yeah, God God brought me a long journey back home to Texas, but here I am. Here you are. Go Red Raiders. Yes. Yeah, yes. go Texas Tech. Um, I have had one other woman on the show. Her name was Molly, and she was way back in episode number 86. And she and her husband were both in the Army. And so I remember when we had the conversation, I felt like the biggest loser because I had never known anyone personally close to me um, in the in like the military. And so I kept asking her all these silly questions. So you're my second person on that's lived this military life. So that's OK. I, I, I had to learn, too. I didn't grow up in a military family. But, was your husband uh, what what part of the service was he in? The Air Force. He's the Air a, Force. He was an F, the NF, an F-16 pilot in the Air Force. Is that like a big plane? I don't even know. Look, I'm here I that am. Is idiot. A, <laughs> idiot that again. Is a, that is a fighter. It's it a, fighter. a fighter. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. And so that uh-huh. was what he did as soon as y'all got out of college and then you traveled. Where all did y'all live? Because that is the fun part about being in the military sometimes is that you get to it travel is. a lot, right? We did. We did. Great friends and got to see the world and serve our nation. And it was just the best of the best of everything. But we lived in uh, England. We lived in Colorado. We lived in Arizona. We lived in Italy. We've 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 been everywhere. And you all also had five kids along the way. We did. We did. That was part of the crazy, you know, (laughs) journey was uh, lugging all those kids all over Europe. You know, oh, but, I bet. But, we, but what a blessing. I mean, what's who who gets to do that? You know, I, yeah, it's, it's such true. a blessing. It's okay. True. So your husband, Troy, and you got married out of college. And then um, what I mean, you just have this crazy story of what what transpired, what's transpired about 10 years ago with your life. And so I wanted you to take me back to when your husband was serving overseas. He was in Iraq. Am I correct about that? Yes. In 2006. Um, how many terms had he served before then? He had um, flown in Northern Watch um, when we were stationed in Italy, but this this was the first time that he'd actually gone uh, to combat. Oh, so okay. This was a we were in Arizona, and it was a four and a half month deployment. And he had been there for how long? He'd been there for three months. Okay, for yeah. three months. Yeah. And um, what is it like with having five kids and your husband deployed? Um, in the technology that we live in, did y'all get to talk often? What was that like? 
Well, technology's changed a lot since 06. That's true. So, That's you know, very true. <laughs> yeah, really before uh, Facebook or any of that. Um, so, yeah, when he left in September of 06, I, I was there in Arizona with our five kids who were ages eight, six, three, and twins that were six months. Oh, my gosh, Ginger. Yeah, it was a it was a lot. It was my a lot. Was a, my house was a wreck. You, you can imagine. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. you're mothering five children, young children, um, and your husband is sent off for his first combat duty in Iraq. And so, would you get to talk every week, every day? What was that like? Um, he would be able to call a couple of times a week, and you know, it was it was at that point even carrying a cell phone. I had it. I didn't always have it on. You know, mm-hmm. isn't that crazy? <laughs> it is crazy. And now, now it's never within like three feet of us. It, it is like a set, yeah, like a like a second appendage. Yes. You know, it's always attached to it. Right. But um, yeah, at that so I would just you know hope that I was home when he called, or he'd leave a message on the answering machine. You know, at uh-huh. home and. Um, and we did, you know, email that email was, was great because we could do that daily and, and the time change, you know, Iraq is eight hours or whatever ahead mm-hmm. of us. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And then tell me, um, tell me what happened when your husband was serving overseas. Well, he, um, you know, he was flying combat missions. Um, he was, a he was just a stellar officer and pilot, very experienced pilot over a thousand flying hours. He was a major and, um, you know, I'm just proud of him. I mean, we mm-hmm. were just, we were living that, that military life and, um, I was just doing the best I could being, you know, a pseudo single parent. And, uh, and then November 27th of 06, my whole world changed. How did you find out that your whole world changed? Um, it was just a Monday morning and I, my little boys, my two oldest were at school in kindergarten and second grade. And, um, and my daughter, Bella and I were in the backyard. I was with a girlfriend. She'd come over. She came over faithfully every Monday morning, the whole three months prior to that, while my husband was gone. And, uh, we were drinking Starbucks and her little boy was jumping on the trampoline with my little girl and my babies were down for a, a nap. And, and, uh, it was about nine fifteen in the morning and my doorbell rang and, uh, someone knocked and, uh, I, I went to the door and, you know, I thought that was strange. Who would be coming to my house that mm-hmm. early unannounced? And uh, I looked and opened the door and, and I saw this sea of blue Air Force uniforms and I knew it well. It hung in my closet. Um, mm. But when I saw their faces, you know, I, I knew every military wife knows you don't want to get that knock. And yeah, you knew what it was when they came. Yeah. I mean, you have an idea uh, that something bad's happened because their faces spoke before their mouths did. Mm -hmm. Um, They came in, they asked me if anyone could take my daughter was at that point, she'd come to the door with me and was looking at them and hanging onto my leg. And they said, is there anyone that can take your daughter? And about that time, my girlfriend walked up and, and uh, so she took her. What a blessing, Ginger, that she was there. Uh, It's just God's provision. You know, my gosh, like I have chills to think that, that, that God made sure, and I'm going to cry like that. God made sure that she was there with you. He did because she, when, when he was deploying, she said, Hey, pick a day of the week. You know, I'm going to come over faithfully. I promise you, I'm going to show up that day, every day, just tell me the day. And I was like, well, I don't know. How about Monday? Monday. She yeah. Said, yeah, sure. So, wow. So that was yeah, no God coincidence. Was, God was in no, that. No, no way. No way. God was at work. So your friend takes your daughter, um, the gentleman come into your home and then what transpires after that? Well, we walked down the hall to my daughter's bedroom, you know, and I, I really, 
I don't remember a lot of details, you know, Jamie, I remember mm. the colors, you know, the pink walls of my little girl's room, the blue of their uniforms. And they said, Ginger, we, we need to tell you what's happened. Troy's plane has gone down west of Baghdad earlier, earlier this morning. And, and they said, uh, have you turned on the news? And of course, you know, I hadn't. And at that point, uh, it was just showing that an aircraft, an F-16 had gone down in combat. And so I didn't, know that, you know, thankfully, I guess the Lord protected me from right. even seeing that on the news to speculate uh, who it could be. But they said, um, uh, they said, we haven't been able to get into the crash site yet because it was one of the fiercest ground battles to, to date in Operation Iraqi Freedom at that time. And, um, and they said, so we, we really don't have any other news to tell you. So, you know, of course you can imagine I have a million questions and they can't answer any of them. Mm. And, um, and I said, just, I just kept saying, well, this can't be happening. We have five kids, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, so they, uh, they leave, <laughs> they leave and tell me as soon as they know more, you know, they'll be back. And, uh, it was eight hours later that, uh, you know, <sighs> that I got a second knock <laughs> and, uh, you know, in that time, that eight hours, friends and family started flying in and girlfriends started coming over. And it was just this, this picture of, you know, everybody just trying to keep busy mm-hmm. and just praying as they work. And like I said, my house was, oh my gosh, my house was such a disaster. And, yeah. uh, you know, we were just pick up brooms and I'm just sweeping like a crazy woman and they're all cleaning. And I had friends that were teachers and they got into my kids' books and started alphabetizing the books. And some of them started organizing closets. I mean, Nobody knew what to do, yeah. you know, they just wanted to be there mm. and show up. And, mm. and uh, so, yeah, that night they came back to my door and, and that's when they told me really the unthinkable. Um, they told me that uh, when they got into the, the, the perimeter of the crash that Troy's body was no longer there. The jet wreckage was, but he wasn't. And that uh, they had confirmation that Insurgents had, had taken him from the crash site probably within the first 15 minutes mm. after the crash. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, what do you say to that? Yeah. So a, a couple of questions that are coming to my mind. The first time they come, mm-hmm. was it was it clear that your husband was dead or was it just clear that his plane crashed? We don't know. Oh, uh, well, that's what I asked them, you know, and they said, well, they were very measured. You know, no one wants to say anything until they have confirmation. Right. Uh, they said, well, we, we we would have a hard time believing that he could have survived an mm-hmm. impact of that magnitude, but yeah. we don't know. Yeah. And so they made his status, uh, was called duty status, whereabouts unknown. Okay. And, you know, I'll never forget. Um, I'll never forget that term <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, that was, that was the term uh, that they used for where he was. And, um, and so, you know, when they left my house, I just, you know, they said, Ginger, we don't think he could have lived, but, but we, we've got to find the body, you know, we've got to find him. And they said there was, there was some DNA uh, left at the crash site, um, that his skull fragments. And, and that was leading them to believe that, you know, of course that he didn't he survive. Have, yeah. Mm-hmm. He couldn't have survived. And they said, we're going to have those shipped from Iraq back to Bethesda, Maryland to, um, have them cross matched with Troy's DNA that was uh, in the air force file system. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, so it was five days that we waited for that. And, um, you know, in the meantime, I had to, 
I had to tell my kids something, you know, I had to tell them. I mean, you know, just. So when you're when 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 the officers came the very first time and they tell you this news and your girlfriend's there and two of your kids at school, three of them are at home and your whole world changed. And then they come back that night and, and family's coming in and everyone's trying to be with you. What were those first conversations with your kids? I sat them down. You know, it's one of those those times where you know that the Lord is just putting the words in your mouth and and uh, you don't even really know what because you can't prepare for telling your children that they've you know their daddy's gone home to be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. But um, but I I was surrounded by by so many people who said I can't, you know the words that you said were were beautiful, you know, they were simple enough for them to understand, um, where I just said, you know, your daddy, you know, he had a very dangerous job and, and he proudly served our country. And I told him, you know, what, what was, um, you know, so, uh, so painful to, to say your daddy went home to be with the Lord, but I was so proud to say that he saved 20 special operations guys the day that he died. That was the mission mm. that he was on. And, and they were a downed unit had, uh, had, screamed over the radio, you know, anybody who's overhead come to our assistance, you know, we're being overrun by the enemy. And, um, and Troy answered the call Mm -hmm. and that was exactly who he was. And, and even the kids at that young age, you know, knew their daddy, uh, would have done anything for anybody selflessly. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So how did your kids react to that? Cause you're, you know, you're, you're two youngest or what did you say? Six they months were babies. Old? They babies. were yeah. They were not nine, nine months, and then my little girl was three. So it was really directed to my six. And exactly. My, yeah. Uh, you know, six and my eight year old. He had just had a birthday. He was nine, and so I was really talking to the boys. You know, mostly, and um, you know they they just uh, they cried, and um, you know they, but in childlike faith, you know they they had questions, but they still accepted that um, they knew they knew what heaven was, and. And they knew that's where you go when Jesus is in your heart. And, and, um, you know, but they were, yeah, they, of course they couldn't wrap their brain around it. I mean, even now they're, you know, they're 19 and 16 and they're still coming to terms with what does that mean yeah. exactly to, to lose your dad at such mm-hmm. a young age. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I found out that I was going to be chatting with you, of course I went and found you on everywhere I could and looked at your Instagram, which I think led me to some of your kids' Instagrams. And I remember, um, I don't remember which son it was of yours, but I was looking at their Instagram, just getting a handle on your family. And um, one of your boys showed a note that uh, that your husband, their dad, had left them. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, man, what a treasure that is to your son um, to have that, you know, 10 years later. Uh, to know that their dad loved them so fiercely, um, even from afar. Um, and, you know, that God had planned for your husband to leave that note for him so he would have it. I mean, I just like, I was just so moved by it and just so, um, I could sense the pride that your son had in a dad that well, he only knew for a couple of years. He, it's true. And, you know, we had this, this amazing, miraculous gift, Jamie. Um, I, about three or four days before, before the accident, Troy called me and, um, and he said, Hey, he goes, I made a video of myself here. And he said, I I made it for the kids for Christmas. He said, I'm going to put it in the mail to you. He goes, now you have to promise me you're not going to show it to him before Christmas. Cause I want you to show it to the kids on Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, you know, and then, and then he dies and I haven't gotten it yet. So Ugh. you can imagine I am praying like, Lord, please let this postman come through. Cause mail gets lost all the time coming from combat. I would imagine. And, right. 
Oh my gosh. And so after, um, during that week, about four days after the crash, the postman comes in my door with this big box and it's from Troy. Oh my gosh, Ginger. Oh yeah. It was, uh, um, yeah, I'd had Christmas presents, you know, to everybody, but it was like, all I kept doing was rifling through the box to find that video that he'd made. Um, because that's all I wanted, right? (laughs) you know? Um, and he'd actually mailed all the members of my family Christmas. He had gone to the post office and what guy is thinking about this, you know, in the middle of war in November. I mean, I haven't even bought one Christmas present yet (laughs) right now. And I mean, he'd bought everybody presents. He'd mailed them all. So all these people all over the country are opening their mail the week after he died and finding something from family of his. Yeah. Family (sighs) of mine, family of his. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was a, it was a lot, you know, for everybody to take in, but it was just like, that's who he was. I mean, he was the most thoughtful man, you know? Mm. And, um, so I find this video and, um, and I couldn't watch it. Mm, Yeah. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And I did not watch it for 14 months. Wow. I just thought, I don't think I can handle, you know? Um, and so when I did, I watched it on his birthday. Mm. It would have been his, gosh, it would have been his 36th birthday because he was 34 when he, uh, when he died. And so it was, uh, it would have been on his 36th birthday. And, and it was, you know, at a point where I just, it, you know, it was hard to watch, but I, I knew God had built me up so much in that time, you know, that he gave me the strength to, and now, oh my gosh, now it is the literal last words that my kids have from their dad to them. Yeah. And he was like reading, you know, reading the Bible, reading Christmas stories, praying with them. But one of the things he did was he had these children's books. I guess there was some little makeshift library, you know, there in Iraq and mm-hmm. in Balad where he was stationed. And, uh, and he had gone and checked out these random little kid books. And some of them were ones, you know, we'd heard of like, don't let the pigeon drive the bus, you know, kind of thing. And some of them were very obscure. One of them was called the librarian from Basra. (laughs) And it was not like a top seller on Amazon. Right. But, um, but I, when I watched it, cause I watched it alone the first time I thought I'm going to find those books. So I scoured the internet and ordered every one of those books. And, um, so each one of my kids had the book that their dad was reading to them and they followed along, you know, that's amazing. Yeah, uh, it was so, beautiful. <laughs> did anyone watch it when it came? Uh, just me. No, no, I didn't let anybody. So you else put watch it up, it. and then when did you show it to your kids? Yeah, it was probably. Um, let's see, that would have been in February of '08. I probably didn't let them watch it until later that year um, because I just I didn't feel like they were at a place um, where it was going to. I felt like it was not going to hurt him, you mm-hmm. know, as much. And, um, and of course, in, in that time frame, I had, uh, just the sweet gift of, of getting remarried, um, mm-hmm. to another fighter pilot who had lost his wife to breast cancer. And, and so the kids were back into, you know, more of a traditional home setting, yeah. with a, a, a new dad. And we kind of had a lot, you know, to work through with that. Um, so that's, I didn't show it to him until later. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you kind of just, you know, dropped a bomb on us real quick, you know, so <laughs> let's go back a little bit. Okay. Um, I want to know before you uh, met your husband now and got remarried, can you tell me, um, I, I mean, what you went through is probably, you know, in the top three of every 
woman's greatest fear, you know, losing yeah. her husband. Um, when you when you when you signed up for this military life, was it something you ever really thought that just might happen? You know, not really, not being in the flying community in mm-hmm. the Air Force. You know, it was not a commonplace occurrence at all. Troy was the first F-16 to crash in Operation Iraqi Freedom. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, wasn't that Army uh, wife that, you know, tragically, you know, so many you know, whole units uh, that have been killed. And so it's much more of a common occurrence. I just, I wasn't prepared and I didn't live that way. I was the most optimistic, you know, mm-hmm. uh, person. And so I, I'm thankful I didn't, but it, it definitely took me more off guard maybe because it, I didn't even know anyone that, yeah. that had been killed in yeah. combat at yeah. that point. Now, now I know hundreds, thousands. Yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. Now you do with the work mm-hmm. that you do. Um, mm-hmm. And so that year, the, the next year after that, parenting in the midst of walking through your own sorrow, you're also, you're trying to deal with your own grief, your own pain, but you're also trying to help um, at least three of your kids work through their own grief and their own pain. Um, what was that like as a mom? Well, I will tell you, uh, you know, that first year, Jamie, I dealt with a lot of depression, a mm-hmm. lot of anxiety, a ton of insomnia, which is truly, I have a heart for people who have insomnia. It is it is the number one reason I think that people go off the deep end. I mean, yeah. you just can't function, you know, mm-hmm. when you can't sleep and I, it wouldn't matter what I took or what I, it just, I could not sleep. Mm-hmm. I was just so... Um, anxious and depressed. And so, you know, I, I got to a place about six months after he died where I was bone thin. I weighed 107 pounds. Mm. I mean, I never ate, I never slept. I, I was just hanging on by a thread really. And, and that girlfriend that was with me when the knock came at my mm-hmm. door, she grabbed me one day and she said, we've got to go to the doctor. Like you have, cause I felt, you know, that taking an antidepressant or, you know, I just felt like if I, then maybe I'm not having enough faith. And, mm. um, and, and I've battled with that, you know, because I'm like, the Lord can do anything. He can pull me out of this. And she said, Ginger, you know, God's given modern medicine to help, you know, help rebuild us. And, and she took me to the doctor and, um, and he, you know, was a, b- a believing doctor. I just, I just made a random appointment on base and I go and it's a doctor that goes to our church. I mean, mm-hmm. as God would have it, you know, so he's a Christian. So he gave me that, you know, that, that confirmation that, that the Lord will use so many methods. We have to, you know, be wise. And so I, I got some help, you know, from him and, um, and I, and I, I'd met another widow who, uh, who had lost her husband. Her name was Marlo and she was, uh, years, you know, ahead of me, but she really, uh, she could speak into my life because she had walked the same walk. Right. You know? it, was, mm-hmm. it was so hard for, I had all these amazing girlfriends, but nobody understood, truly understood the depth of my pain and my sorrow. And, 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 and even, you know, how I felt like I couldn't mother the kids. I mean, I just, I felt like such a failure. And, you know, the, the year prior, we were like teaching parenting classes. Right. <laughs> I, I was like on the mountain. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I can't even, my babies are crying and I don't even want to go to them. Yeah. I, you know, I postpartum depression, uh, post-traumatic stress. And I mean, I had it all. Everything. And yeah. everything. Understandably. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but as a mom, you know, we have mom, you know, we have mom guilt, yes, right? Yes. And so it just beats us up regularly. And, and, and I just thought I can't, my parents, my kids can't lose both parents. Yeah. And, but I couldn't will myself to get out of bed some days, you know? Um, and so this friend of mine, Marlo, she really, uh, she, she, 
she looked at me and she said, girl, you, you can't wait till you feel better, you know, to start living again. Mm. Because she said, sometimes God just asks us to keep on walking and the feelings will come later. We just have to keep on walking. Mm. And I, that spoke to me because I thought God was going to make me feel whole again. And then I was going to be able to go forward. And I didn't know you could go forward broken and God would then, you know, restore you all along the way. And, and, uh, and that's exactly what happened. Mm. You know, I just, I just had a conversation a couple shows ago with Ann Voskamp and she just spoke beautifully about the brokenness that we bring to God. And I'm thinking about that as you're talking, Mm -hmm. um, and about what God does for us in the midst of our brokenness. You might not have felt this then, but looking back on that time when you felt so broken, do you see now God's hand moving in your life? Oh, so much. And even then, you know, I, every day I, I tried to be thankful. I I could always find something to be thankful for. Even on the worst days, God just, he showed up, he provided, he sent me someone or something to just, just, you know, get me through the next minute. Um, Because sometimes it's just minute to minute. And Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that, you know, before I'd never lived that way. And so I have such a heart for people who are on the edge, you know, and feeling like, I don't think I can make it to the next hour. And um, but I know the Lord, he just, he just carried me and covered my kids. I mean, you could meet my kids today, Jamie, and you would go, I can't even believe tragedy ever befell, mm. you know, on these children because they are whole and healthy. And that is God's grace and covering them mm-hmm. and him, you know, him, what he promises to us that he will be, you know, a, a father to the fatherless and a husband to the widow. I was like, yeah, right. What is that? Right. Really and then I you mean, walked you know, into it. <laughs> And then I walked into it and I saw it. I mean, uh, I saw it, you know, that, that the Lord gave them the security, even when they didn't have a dad, yeah. having a dad. Right. And, and, oh yeah, he carried me every step of the way. Mm. I've learned a lot through doing this show over the past two and a half years. Cause I get to talk to people who have been through hard times and some of them um, are super difficult and hard, like your story here. And what I've learned is that I've known this for a while, but I hear this coming up in conversations a lot when I'm talking to women who've been through uh, brokenness and struggles and suffering, mainly suffering, is that I hear the truth come out that that I know is true, is that God gives us the grace that we need uh, for mm-hmm. that day. Um, and so, you know, I'm listening and people are listening to your story going, I don't I don't know that I could do that. I don't know how I could walk through those shoes. And you would have said that, you know, 10 years previously to November on November 25th, you would have said, mm-hmm. I don't know how I could do that. And then God just shows up, you know, he and does. He gives he you does. grace yeah. you didn't even know you needed. Yeah. And that, that's exactly what I tell people. You know, they when they say, oh, you're so strong and you am like, no, 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 I am not strong at all. This is God in me. This right. is the Holy Spirit at work. If it was up to me and my own strength, that was we I, I saw where I was at the six month point <laughs> in and, bed, not eating, like can't function. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That was my own strength. Yeah. So, and then God comes yeah. through mm-hmm. and gives you what you need. Hey guys, before we get back to my talk with Ginger, I just want to tell you real quick about a sponsor for the show, and that is Lily Jade. Lily Jade is one of the most amazing diaper bags that's ever been created. Uh, It was created by a mom, Megan, who found herself in a dilemma when she had her child and no diaper bag fit what she was looking for. Some of them were affordable, but they were just disposable, not functional. Some of them were functional, but super ugly. She found herself so frustrated that she did what every amazing entrepreneur starts at is the frustration and she made her own diaper bag. 
Lily Jade bags are made with 100% premium leather. You can smell it the minute you open your box, which I can attest to that because I have one. A lot of their styles also convert to backpacks, which means as a mama with a bunch of kids and on the go, you put your bag on your backpack and you got your hands free. Every Lily Jade bag also comes with a removable, washable, multi-pocket insert, which is amazing if you spill like a jar of applesauce or a bottle with formula or heavens forbid you spill breast milk, which is like a big disgrace because that stuff is gold. But don't worry, you can take that little red bag out of it, out of your diaper bag and you can wash it. It's great. And if you're like me and you don't really have a need for a diaper bag, I wanna let you know it's just a beautiful functional bag anyways. I use mine for a computer bag. It travels with me every time I get on an airplane. I can zip it so nothing's gonna fall out of it. It has great pockets, it fits my computer, it's comfortable and it's stylish. So check out Lily Jade, lily-jade.com. So you're, you're journeying through this. I want to know, I mean, I saw a little bit in the story that I read, um, but I want to hear from your mouth. How did you meet your husband, Jim? <laughs> so, um, and about- real quick, before you tell me, yeah. after mm-hmm. your husband passed away, did, when did you start thinking, I think that I could remarry? That's a question I always have for women. You know, I... I felt that immediately. I mean, I just felt like someday, somehow I couldn't picture. I was like, who's going to want me with five kids? Really? You know, <laughs> that's the joke that my husband tells me because I have four kids. He's like, Jamie, who's going to want to walk into this? I'm like, that's I don't exactly. know, but hopefully God would provide. Like, I can't do this alone. Well, my husband's joke, you know, now it wasn't funny. You know, it wasn't funny in the day he said it, but he said, you know what? Women are going to flock to me if something happens to you because they're going to go, there's no way a dude can do this. But uh-huh. he said, I don't know about you. you, maybe, you know. <laughs> exactly. I said that to Aaron too. I'm like, you'll get a wife so quickly. <laughs> Women will feel sorry for you with all these kids. Exactly. So, so you started yeah, feeling that I'm, I can, I need a helper with this. I did. I felt that, you know, I couldn't imagine no one could ever fill Troy's shoes, you know, in my mind, but you know, I, I was happily married and yeah. I think sometimes, you know, when you're happily married, you can picture it again because you loved it so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, as opposed to, you know, the opposite, which maybe people would think before it happens to him, which is, Oh, if you, you love that strongly, then you can, you can, you're, you could never have it again. And yeah. like, no, because you have it so big in your life, you want it again. You know, you know? the value of it. Yeah. Yes. That's, that yes. makes sense. I've never heard it put that way. Yeah. 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 So, so, so Troy passes away and then you're grieving, going, walking through this depression. And then where does Jim come into the picture? So about, um, two months after Troy died uh, and you can imagine, I mean, we were seeing in news, I mean, it was nuts, you know, mm-hmm. we were all over the place and very out there publicly. And I had just heard from tons of people, wonderful, sweet people all over this country, just poured, you know, into my life, emails and letters and cards. And oh, I bet. Yeah. Everything. And, you know, I just couldn't even keep up. I yeah. mean, like I said, I, I was not really, um, functioning very well at all. And so I didn't respond to emails or anything. Well, one night when I couldn't sleep, of course, I got up and I checked my email and I had hundreds of emails and I'm just scanning, 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 you know, and I see this one and it's from a girlfriend. Um, and, and I thought, Oh, I'll I'll see what, you know, what she, what she said. And she said, hi, Ginger. She said, I, I don't, I can't imagine what you're going through. I don't have the words, but she said, I got this email from a friend of mine. She goes, I don't know this family at all, but she said, I, it's just, I just thought maybe the words would help you. And so I thought, well, I was kind of curious, you know, what mm-hmm. was that? Cause I'm like, nobody's helping me at this point. Right. I can, nobody can understand. <laughs> You're you like, know? let's see if she has it. <laughs> yeah. 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 What are the, so I, I opened this, this email 
and it is uh, obviously uh, written um, from a man uh, who is is telling his friends and family that uh, his wife is is very ill. You know, obviously it's, I mean, I'm jumping in in the middle of this family story. So Uh I'm gathering she's ill. She's not, you know, she's very sick. And, and, but it was about how he thought if even if he lost her that night, that God was unchanging, Mm -hmm. even though the circumstances could change drastically in any minute. And, and that when his feet were to the fire, he still wanted to stand um, and not bow down. You know, mm-hmm. he wanted to to be strong and in in who God was because he trusted Him no matter what. And it was, you know, I, I can't even remember all the specific wording, but there was something in that email that I needed to hear because I felt like God had changed. I felt like my loving father had become abusive or, you know, or uh, right. something, you know, maybe he wasn't who I thought he was. Maybe he God let, was not. He had put yeah. this on your life. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like you just laid our family on the, you know, yeah. on the altar, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, and now I'm here I, trying to pick up the pieces. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I just, you know, but I thought, I needed somebody else who who had walked a, a long path of suffering ahead of me to tell me that. And this was before I met, you know, the widow uh, that helped me. And so this was so early. So I wrote, I don't know if I wrote my friend or maybe her friend who had sent it, you know, millions of forwards down the path, just said, hi, do you think I could write this family? Can I email this family? And um, my name's Ginger, you know, yeah. I lost my husband and I write and they say, oh, I'm sure they're really nice. Their names are Jim and Andrea Ravella. And, and I'm, I'm sure that they wouldn't mind that at all. So I type out this little email to this couple and just said, you know, I just, my name's Ginger. I lost my husband in Iraq. Um, I, I can't sleep. I, I don't know what to do, but I needed you to know that your words spoke to me, you know, tonight mm-hmm. and um, never expected to either hear back from them or, <laughs> I mean, that anything would happen. Well, you know, a little bit later, I get this email back and, and it's, it's from uh, Jim and Andrea and Andrea was out of the hospital. She was doing better. And, and they said, we, we actually heard about your story. We're a military family. And, um, and they said, you know, we, we've been praying for you. And yeah. I thought, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so we actually, the three of us would email maybe mm-hmm. once a month, you know, not too often, but, but the funny thing is I thought I'll never see these people. I can tell them anything. Oh, of you know, course. I just... <laughs> yes. There's no face to face. There's no face to face. I'm not bumping into them at church right. or the base or you lay yeah. it bare. I laid it bare girl. I was raw. You and, needed um... that though. I'm sure. <laughs> I did. I did. I did seek out some counseling, which, which I would highly recommend for anybody to do. Cause that's a, an outside party. Who's not, you can say whatever you yeah. know, you're in a safe place. But, but in that moment I was like, I think I'm just going to tell these people how bad, how bad it hurts, mm-hmm. you know, and how mad I was at God, because you feel like in the, as a Christian, you can't shake your fist, you yeah. know, at the Lord and, and you can, because he can take it. And he knows anyway. Right. Yeah. It's not like he's like, oh, I didn't know you were feeling that way. Surprise. Oh, now that you've told me. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so we exchanged emails and, and I would tell them my, you know, my pains and they would, they would, you know, sit there and, and, and just try to feed me scripture and, and, and pray for me and tell and me both truth. Of them, right? you know? Both of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jim, you know, Jim, Later, I knew, you know, that she would lay on the sofa, Andrea would, and, and he would read my emails and he'd go, okay, what do we, what do we say to her? You know, oh, mm-hmm. and she would tell him things to say and he would type them out. And so that, that went on for about, probably about 
nine months and then we kind of lost touch and, and then it, it came to my first year anniversary, uh, November 27th of 2007. And I, um, I was kind of like, I'd climbed my way out of the pit a little bit, but I felt like, Ooh, God, I thought he was going to change everything in a year. Like a year was the magic number. That's kind of what you said in your head in a year. I'll yep. be better. Yep. In a year, something's going to be, something's going to be different. He's going to send another father for my kids or, or, you know, just something was going to be drastically different. Well, the next day, you know, after <laughs> life is year, still the same. Like, it still was hard. <laughs> yeah. And I was still alone and, um, and I was still hurting. And, and, and so, but I had learned enough in that year to know I needed to focus on someone else because you look too much at yourself and, you know, it's a pity party you're even tired of attending. Yeah. And, um, and so I thought I'm going to reach out to that couple, Jim and Andrea, I'm going to see how they're doing. And, um, so I sent a little email and Jim wrote me back and he said, well, he said she was doing really well. Um, but he said, she's back in ICU and, and he said, it's the holidays and I'm sitting here listening to, you know, Christmas music over the hospital intercom. And, and I'm just so sad, um, knowing how, you know, how bad she's hurting. And, um, and I said, same, you know, I used to love Christmas music, but now I can't hardly listen to it because it just doesn't feel jolly mm-hmm. <laughs> anymore. And, um, so probably three weeks after that, she passed away and, and, um, and I had an email from him that night. And he said, I, I just wanted you to know, uh, you know, Andrea went home to be with the Lord today. And I'm sorry if I ever said anything stupid to you over the last year. He said, I thought because she had had terminal cancer, she'd had cancer for four years. He said, I thought because she was terminal, you know, she and I talked so much about death that I thought I understood you know, mm. where you'd walked. And he said, but I had no idea mm. the loss until today, you know, when I sit here and my soulmate's gone. Yeah. And so that was the email that you got from him. And where did he live? Uh, he lived in San Antonio. Okay. <laughs> and where were you, Arizona? <laughs> I was still in Arizona. We'd stayed there. We had a, an amazing church family. I had a great family, you know, back in Texas, but I, I just, we had a church family. The kids felt secure there. So we stayed. Um, so how did you get so, from an email from Jim telling you that his wife had passed away to we're getting married? Well, so, um, it was December. It was about this time, you know, well, was, you know, middle of December. And, um, I said, I'm going to be in Texas visiting my family. My parents live in San Angelo. And I said, I don't know how far that is from San Antonio, but if you want to meet halfway and, you know, in a dairy queen and cry it out, I'm there for you basically. That's all I, you know, Uh I just said, y'all prayed for me. You've been there for me. I would love to be there for you. And and so it was, you know, it was crazy because not thinking anything um, of it. No, I mean, not thinking, just thought I, I can, you know, be friends, uh, you know, with, with, with him still. I mean, I didn't have, I wasn't just friends, you know, with both of them, I could be his friend now, mm-hmm. you know, and cause he's going to need one. That's why I thought he's, yeah. oh, wow. He is about to go through. Cause you just hell- hellish it. days. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And I remember, you know, I knew he'd, he'd send a post out, you know, when her funeral was. Um, and I remember that whole day, I just was so sad. Mm. I was so sad for, for him because I believe, you know, God has given me a compassion for other people that I did not have yeah. prior mm-hmm. to losing Troy. And I hurt for this stranger because I just knew how bad he, and he had two boys, how bad he and his children were, were just grieving, mm-hmm. you know? And it was weird because I was like, I it was so 
Like, I don't even know these people. Why yeah. am I? I'm just debt down yeah. in the dumps for them today. Right. Um, and, uh, so I, I said, well, Hey, I said, I'm going to be in Dallas. Um, blah, blah, blah these days. And he said, I'm going to be in Dallas. My sister lives there. I said, my best friend lives there. And so we met, um, on Christmas day, which was nuts because, uh, neither one of us were really keying in that it was Christmas. Cause I kind of already done Christmas with my kids. Yeah. And, you know, holidays, you just kind of want to get through them when you're hurting right. and you're just like, I just want this to be over. And so I'd already done Christmas with my kids and they were, uh, they were with, um, my in-laws and, and he was kind of feeling the same way. Like, uh, Let's I just, just get through Christmas this, to, right. You just get through this. So he said, Hey, you know, we want to meet in a, a restaurant somewhere. I'm like, I think it's Christmas. I don't think anything is going to be open. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, why don't you just come over to my sister's? And I thought it's Christmas day. I've just met you five minutes ago. And now I'm going to go to your family's house for dinner on Christmas. And he said, it's fine. It's fine. Just, just come on over. So I walk into I mean, this whole beautiful family, you know, 30 people. And I thought, now I look back and go, that was crazy. Had you ever even seen him? No, we we met at the parking lot of the Four Seasons Hotel and I followed him to his sister's. <laughs> that was the first time you saw him, met him with your own eyes. That is so crazy. It was nuts. But you know what? When we stood there at the Four Seasons parking lot and we looked at each other, it was like we knew each other. You know, we are not, I didn't know anything so about him. Yeah. 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 yeah I didn't you know knew anything the about pain. him, but I, mm-hmm. yeah. but I knew, I knew the deep thing. I knew yeah. the things that really mattered. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Christmas day y'all met and then I just need to like, were there sparks? I mean, <laughs> you're married to this man now. What happened? Well, you know, it was funny because. I, I was like, well, he's old. I mean, he was a colonel. I was not, I was, colonels were old in the military. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, he was, you know, nine years older than me, but, yeah. and it's, but he had boys, you know, he had a son in college. He had a son in high school. I had babies and yeah. diapers. Uh-huh. I mean, it was just like, how would that ever work? We live in, you know, three States away from right. each other, but it, we just both knew it was just the Lord going, this is what I had for you. Mm. And this doesn't have to make sense to you or to him, or to anybody else, but this is what I have for you. And so and we you, knew it. you guys like kind of started dating in this kind of weird, like grief stricken way. I'm, I'm assuming walking through this together. And then how long do you got married? Five months from the day we oh met. Oh my gosh, Ginger. <laughs> Crazy. Did your, did your families freak out? A little bit. Yeah. Everybody did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially people in his world. Because that you was know, really close in... after his wife had passed away. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we met, you know, within a week after she died. I mean, yeah. even though we knew each other, we really met you know, within a week. And we never planned, you know, on getting married that quickly. But, you know, at that point, we both had such clear confirmation from the Lord that, that we were supposed to be together despite all the pain. And, of course, he's his grief is still super fresh. Yeah. But I was willing to to take that on, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, the kids, all of the kids needed a parent, you know, to, to, to love and nurture them and boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. We just, that just wasn't for us. Yeah. We just knew, well, God will make a way. And so then you packed <laughs> up and moved to San Antonio. So, uh, got married, packed up, moved to San Antonio and started a life together. And, and, uh, there was a, a, a lot of joy, but there was a, a lot of pain. It, it was hard. You know, I will, I won't, I won't lie to you and tell you every day was rosy because Mm. it wasn't because he, I was ready to just be super happy and, you know, a wife again and Mm -hmm. all that. And he was just 
hurting deeply yeah. and feeling guilty that he would feel happy. Then he would feel guilty. Then he would kind oh, of I back can only away. imagine. Yeah. 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 He would, he, he would back away from me and then I would feel like, Oh, he doesn't love me as much as he loved her. You know, all yeah. the crazy stuff that Satan wants to mess with your mind. Um, oh my gosh. As women, we compare ourselves to everyone. I can only imagine the comparison that you had walking through that grief with him, you wow, know, yes. and, and, and finding that place. Like, I, I always, think this is just amazing how God allows us to have these places in our hearts but finding that place to allow um, those the marriage that you had I'm with Troy and that he had with Andrea to that those were valid and that was important and that was like wonderful in your life and then to step into something just as valid and wonderful I mean I can imagine Mm -hmm. the pain and heart and happiness and joy all the emotions that go along with that well, you have them all at the same time. You Which know, you're not crazy. used to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what people send people to like crazy bends. You got all these emotions. You don't know what to do you with feel, them. Feeling all the feels. Yes. That's yes. What, you know? yeah. That is exactly. Oh. Yeah. And then and it, and it was. How yeah. old was your oldest? So my oldest, let's see, Boston would have been 10 okay. um, at the time. And uh, and and his his boys were, let's see, they were 22 and 15. Okay. And, so what was um, the transition like for your oldest I mean, I'm just asking your oldest because he was the oldest. But what was it like mm-hmm. for your kids? Um, all of a sudden, you know, two years ago, they lost the de- their dad. And then now, um, basically, their mom's remarried. And here's, you know, a new dad. How, how, how was that? Well, it was, you know, he asked me to marry him before he'd met the kids. And, um, and that was, you know, a lot of people had a hard time with that. But to me, it was beautiful because it was like, he doesn't need to see that my kids are darling and, mm-hmm. and obedient, which they were. Um, he was like, God's called me to this. So we're doing this, you know, Mm. whatever comes with that. And, and so, you know, my kids uh, and I wasn't going to tell them, you know, that, that I, they knew I'd met somebody, but I was traveling. I was coming to San Antonio to see him and he was on his way, you know, to see us. And I, I, we were all talking about it, my girlfriends and I, and I thought, I got to tell my kids, I I got to tell my kids, their dad is on his, on a plane on his way to meet them (laughs) Yeah, and we're picking them up from school today. So, and y'all are married. No, we were just dating, but we were, we were engaged. Engaged. Okay. mm Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we talk about it, you know, we pick up, we pull up to the little elementary school, you know, carpool line and the boys (laughs) are going, I'm meeting my dad today. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was, you know, but, but I just knew Jamie and it was, they embraced him. They were Mm. so ready to have a a father Mm -hmm. again. And, and even though, you know, of course there's a lot of conflicted emotions because you want to feel loyal. You don't want to feel disloyal to your parents, right, you know, yeah. but, but then you want to embrace somebody new who's mm-hmm. willing to love you. And yeah. I, I think it's just what you talk about with the picture of adoption. You know, mm-hmm. it is, it's a beautiful thing when people choose to, to love you yeah. um, cause yeah. not because they have to, but they mm-hmm. choose to. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, what in a beautiful picture to see God actually, um, like how you said earlier that you, you felt as though, um, he had kind of just kind of dis- disassembled your family and left you all out there. Um, and then mm-hmm. to see that God's hand all the time was walking you um, straight into, you know, this your, your your life with Jim and him being a dad to your to your kids. And just what a beautiful picture of God never, never leaving you. Well, you know, we pray for our kids. You know, you pray for your kids. I pray for my kids every day. Just Lord, just be with them, you know, be. And I believe the Lord was just preparing their hearts for something so out of 
you know, mm. out of the realm of ordinary um, for Jim to come into their life. And, and we, he, he came in, we picked up the boys from school. We went and had ice cream. We went to Toys R Us. We get home the next day, the twins have their second birthday. So I have all of these people who are coming. They're not just coming for the twins birthday. They're, They're coming, coming to, to meet, meet Jim. Jim. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. The firing squad. Yes. He was, yes. he was there. And so we have all these people at the jumpy house, you know, cupcakes, all that. And um, Bella, she was four by then. She was jumping on the bouncy thing and fell kind of out the front, you Uh know, and cried. And and all these people, me included, who have been loving her and caring for her and raising her, she runs past every single one of us and runs straight to Jim's arms and cries and says, Daddy. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And, you know, what do you say? It's just. (laughs) <laughs> just I, it doesn't have to make sense yeah. to us it makes sense to god mm-hmm. so yeah and he provided yeah. that daddy for your kids yeah uh, he did yeah oh uh, and one day <laughs> they know that they'll see um their dad again i mean they you do know, there's Jim does hope. A, mm-hmm. he, he does a beautiful job you know he had to be a, it had to be a hand-picked from the lord a man that could could you know raise someone else's kids still to to you know teach them about who he was and love mm. him. And you have a dad there and you have a dad here and we're all dads together. Yeah. And he's done a beautiful job of that. And I believe as they're older now, cause now they're 19, 16, 13 and the twins are 10 that they, they respect him so much because he's allowed them to love more than one dad. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. such, it's just a beautiful picture. I love oh. it so much. Okay. So this, this is, how you got to where you are now but now you and jim get to work together and so real quick tell me about the stuff that you do for the nonprofit. well we work for a nonprofit called the folds of honor foundation like the folds of the flag mm-hmm. you know, you're given a, f- a folded flag when you lose someone in the yeah. military and mm-hmm. um and jim retired from the military after 27 years and he wanted to still serve you know, families. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we, I, I travel all over the country, um, Dominican, Mexico, all over the world, really just, uh, speaking and sharing our family's testimony so that I can, uh, help raise money to, to educate the children and the spouses of, of our wounded and fallen servicemen. And I get a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of healing in that and, and a lot of fulfillment because I, I was so blessed when so many people came into our life to help mm, us. And mm-hmm. I, I want to, I, I don't want the pain to be wasted. I want to, I want to pay it forward. I love what you just said. You don't want the pain to be wasted. And I think that that is, um, another, just a beautiful picture of God using, um, the suffering and the broken of your world, of your world, you know, walking through that mm-hmm. um, and you get to um, you have that compassion that you've mentioned several times that you didn't have before. And you get to show that to other people. Um, what a blessing. And who would have who would have ever thought, Ginger, 12 years ago, you would have never thought this would be your life. I couldn't. I sometimes even as I'm talking about it, I'm like, really? Did this <laughs> happen this to me? me? <laughs> Did this really happen? Right. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. And you guys have a book coming out in spring. Did you we and Jim write this together? We wrote this together. Um, we, we had a, Jim had a blog when I married him, kind of early blog days. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, it's called Our, Our Journey to Healing. And um, I joined him on that blog. And we really were just writing for ourselves, just cathartic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we found all these people were following it. And you just, you, your eyes are open to, there's a, a lot of hurting out in there's the world. There's a lot of people, hurting in the world, yeah. yeah. They're looking for hope. And so mm-hmm. uh, about five years ago, we decided we we're going to turn this blog into a book. And that sounded a lot easier said than done. But this is crazy. OK, so we have been working on this book for five solid years. That's crazy. And we are um, 
we are, you know, we were in the last home stretch in the last like six weeks. And, um, and, uh, and then I get this, this call from the general that, that Troy's body had been found, uh, that a, a special ops unit in Iraq had, had recovered him. And, and, uh, it was just a miracle. I mean, there's no other way to put it 10 years of searching. And, mm. and, uh, and so I'm like, God wants us God wants this book finished. I mean, he, his name is to be glorified and told, um, across, across the nations. And so we have, we have pushed it and pushed it and, um, where we were supposed to get it to the publisher by Thanksgiving. And we, we've just, we're just a little bit shy of it, but it is going to the publisher today. So I think it's really cool that I'm on your show today. That is so fun. (laughs) Okay. But I I don't want to brush past what you just said, because I meant to ask Mm -hmm. you this earlier. And I, and I don't, here's my naivety about military life and, you know, war and all that kind of stuff. Why was his body taken from the crash? Uh, hate and propaganda. Okay. Okay. And they, they, he was a war trophy for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you have any idea where his body has been for 10 years? They think it's been moved, you know, um, stolen. Uh, it's, it's all classified. There's okay. so much of it. I can't under, I can't know, but, mm-hmm. um, but I do know, you know, that, that it was a, it was a one in a billion that he would ever be found, especially when we, you know, we left Iraq right. after the war mm-hmm. ended. And, and so, you know, these, these guys put their lives on the line and, and it was actually part of the unit that he saved was the unit that saved him. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. This is like a so, movie. Just wait. We're is. gonna we're gonna see <laughs> we're gonna see your story in a movie. I can just imagine it. Um, and I want all my listeners to know they heard first on the happy hour before they go see it in the movie theater. Um, well, so yeah. when his body was recovered, um, that was an important thing for you because they actually brought it back. Um, and so, what's happening next with that? Yeah, so we have a, a full honors burial at Arlington National Cemetery. Um, December 19th, it's open to the public. I have hundreds of people flying in to <sighs> you know, pay their respects to Troy, but also to honor our nation's military. And mm-hmm. The fact that they truly stand behind what they say, which is they do not leave anyone behind on the field of battle. And it's just going to be a celebration of God and country and Troy. And, and um, it's, it's going to be sad, but it's also going to be just laced with joy. So on December 19th, um, yes. which is just a few days after uh, this show is airing, um, did you have a funeral before? We did. We actually have had two. Okay. Um, in 06, we, we buried the little portion of remains we had in a full casket because I did not tell my children at that time what had happened oh, to him. I, okay. I, uh, and then in 2013, uh, there was actually a, a recovery of five bones of his toes. Um, and they did a lot of searching from the crash search- site. Um, no, no, someone had taken them from, from his skeleton. Oh. And, um, and, uh, so they did a, a lot of digging and, and searching and interrogating, trying to, you know, they thought this was it, they were going to find him, but whoever had these had gotten them some other way. Mm. And we, I was like, well, we're going back to Arlington. So seven years to the day, which is God's favorite Stop. number seven. Oh my gosh. Yes. Seven years to the day, we buried that little second set of remains. And this time, my children are all old enough mm-hmm. to understand what's happening. They, they spoke at the service. And it was just, Jamie, it was, it was, I had so much peace after that because I was like, oh my gosh, we have the tip of Troy's head. We mm. have the tip of his toe bones, mm. which is what the medical examiner told me. Uh-huh. Like God has got, God's message to me was I've got him. Yeah. You, you trust me. I've got him. I've got you. And really from 2013, not that I didn't give up hope or stop praying that he would be recovered, but I had a different kind of peace that, that 
that God is so faithful and he loves us so much that whatever happens, I prayed it would happen in my lifetime and for sure in my children's lifetime that he would be brought back to this country because that's justice and that's Mm -hmm. right. Um, but I just, I just knew whatever happens, I I trust that the Lord's Mm -hmm. got him and, and taking care of us. And, and, and then, so, you know, last month when I get this phone call, it was, it was overwhelming, mm. you know, but I, I just, I was like, why does God keep surprising me? Really? Right. He just still surprises me. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to ask you a question. I hope it's not rude or, um, you know, irreverent or whatever, but I, I think people are wondering if I'm wondering what exactly is that for, um, the people who keep moving his body or taking it? I mean, 10 years, what are they actually moving ginger? And I don't, I don't mean to be rude it's about okay. that. But no, you're not. What are they actually moving? And, and you know, um, well, you know, as as much as I don't really fully understand their thought process, other than I believe they were holding out for you know whatever money or maybe prestige or uh-huh. you know they hate they hate Americans. A lot of them do, and so um, it was a uh, it was hard to understand. But they had preserved him in to a degree. Okay. Um, and so, yeah. So uh, you'll be burying an intact pres- preservation yes. of your husband. Very yes. Okay, uh, totally that was my question in, in, because that was confusing to- for me. Yeah, totally intact. You know, skele- skeletal remains, mm-hmm. and then it actually there was yeah, his flight suit was very deteriorated, but his flight suit, his flight jacket, which they were able to save wow. the harness um, from his from his uh, from his suit, and and you know they told me the medical examiner. I was just talking to her the other day because you know I'm trying to understand all this for my kids. What mm-hmm. what they have, and she said, Ginger, we were actually able to save the there was a, a, a name tag in the back of his flight suit, you know, and he, mm-hmm. she said he had written his name and we've been able to, you can read it uh, and we've saved it for your kids. Yeah. So you'll yeah. be getting all of that material that was saved. Yes. We will be getting all of that. Yeah. That it's is just God. That is God, God because that is, <laughs> it is just, all God. <laughs> you're like my husband, um, his plane crashed and he died and then the insurgents stole him. And then 10 years later, it's, it's a miracle that you're getting these things. It's a, it's a miracle. And uh, it's just such, such, you know, God's just a God of, he finishes things and he loves us so much. It was extravagant love. Mm, for because he didn't family. have to, he didn't have he to do these things, you know, nope. for him to still be God and good and faithful and all those things. No, because um, we know Troy. So, it's so kind yeah. of him to give you these things, you know. Troy's been with him, you know, from yeah. we knew that from the day that he died. Troy's been with him. So everything after that um, was just, you know, our earthly a gift, the earthly yeah. things, mm-hmm. yeah, that matter. You know, our bodies are just the shells, right? Of who we are, but but still, it matters. You know, uh, to those left behind. And so. well, I know people are listening. Um, I hope that you know that that they'll get to somehow see. I don't know if there'll be news coverage or or whatever of what's happening on the nineteenth. There will be Time, CNN. They're all covering it, and um, and then our book will be out. It's called Hope Found, mm-hmm. and it'll be out by Westbow Press mm-hmm. uh, in spring of 2017. So if Crazy. they're interested in hearing the rest of the story, yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, okay, it's been so much fun chatting with you and hearing your story, and I've cried a few times, which are my favorite interviews. But <laughs> I have to ask you the questions I always ask before we go. Even though we're almost out of time, what are three things you're loving these days? Three things I'm loving are the TV show, This Is Us. Oh, yes. Love, love, uh-huh. love that show. Yes. Um, I have a, a planner uh, that's called the Mom Agenda, and it's got space to write all of your kids' activities, oh. uh, and I, I love it. Okay, that's good. And uh, Brett Young is a country artist that I've actually met through my work at Folds of Honor, and his new CD, it's self-titled Brett Young, 
is fabulous if you love country music. I do love country music, which yes. none of my kids do because my husband has brainwashed them into not liking it. <laughs> um, oh, sh- shame on him. Exactly, right? Uh, okay, those are awesome. Also, what are you reading these days? Well, I've been obviously reading a lot of manuscripts of our own book, yes. Found, trying to edit that. But beyond that, I've been reading Shauna Nyquist's Present Over Perfect. Yes. Which is great book. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I had the privilege of getting to know Taya Kyle uh, of the Chris Kyle of yes. American Sniper. I've gotten to know uh, Taya and she wrote a book called The American Wife that she just gave me a couple of weeks ago. And so I look forward to opening that soon. Oh, that's so good. I have heard great things about um her. So wonderful, yep. wonderful Neat lady. Yes. Yeah. Well, Ginger, it has been my absolute joy getting to hear your story from you and not just in your sweet friends emails that they sent me. Um, and I'm so thankful that um, that you're getting to share your story. And just I, I loved hearing about all of the little bitty pieces of things um, along the way that um, that God's given you um, to remember your sweet husband. Thanks, Jamie. It's uh, been a privilege getting to know you. Thank you. So great. Okay. And I'll look forward to when your book comes out and all the things you guys have going on. And when I was stalking your kids on Instagram, you have just some great, good looking kids. So there you go. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks so much. Cute, cute family. I I loved seeing what all you guys are doing and all that kind of stuff. So Ginger, thanks for joining me on the happy hour. Thanks, Jamie. Oh my gosh, guys, did you cry during the show at all? I cried a few times and I had to keep my composure so often because I'm the professional interviewer here. (laughs) Guys, I love Ginger's honesty and transparency about the struggles that follow the death of her husband. It's a pain that I can only imagine. And I'm so thankful for God's guidance on her life through those awful years following her husband's death. Also, how crazy was it that they found his body 10 years later? I still cannot believe it. I have thought about that since our conversation a couple weeks ago. If any of you are in D.C., you should go to the funeral. I literally wish I could get on a plane and go to D.C. to that funeral. If nothing else, I'm sure we'll find some media coverage online, and I'll be sure and tweet that out so you guys can see that a lot. Guys, thanks for listening. Today's show was edited by Logan Garza, and the music is from the CD A Day of Glory, Austin Stone Worship's Christmas album that you can get on iTunes. Next week, my guest is Kenesha Bikes, and her and I chatted about mothering. We both have four kids. We both have a middle school boy. We chatted about our 20-year high school reunion, and we also talked about the merging of a business with a ministry and how sometimes that's tension for some people. You're going to love her as well. I loved our conversation. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. I want to give a shout out to my best friend, Amy Gayhart. Today's her birthday. I love her dearly. She was actually my very first guest. So if you've never heard episode number one, go back and listen. Okay, guys, I will see you next week. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.